Hello, friends. This is Pastor Pierce Eaton, and you're listening to First and Foremost, a podcast where we give you teaching and tools to make Jesus Christ first and foremost in your life. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Questions. This is part of the podcast where I seek to thoughtfully answer questions listeners write into the show by using scripture. And this week, um, we had a listener write in named Sonia, and she wrote in and asked a question regarding being a Christian in her workplace. She said, as a business owner, I get this comment a lot, quote, I'm okay with you being a woman of faith, but I do not want you or your employees coming at me with your beliefs. She stated, I'm not sure how to respond. Well, first of all, Sonia, I just want to say thank you for seeking to honor God through your business, through your work. Um, Rather than giving into the temptation to just stay quiet at work, to just stay quiet in your business dealings, to, to not bring Christ into that, which is what so many people often do, I, I just commend you for seeking to put God first in your workplace. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. And so trust that God has his hand over your work and that he's using you in your work. Thank you for that. But the answer to your question um, is multifold. So the honest truth is that the Christian message does not always go over well with non-Christians. A Christian message isn't always going to be met with a smile or a thank you. Some people might be appreciative of you sharing Christ with them, but other people might not be. Some might get angry. Some might be annoyed, especially in a society that is currently more hostile to Christianity than it's really ever been in the United States. So we're starting to see that bubble up even more. Well, I just want to let you know that This is common in Scripture. We see throughout the New Testament with the apostles and them carrying the gospel to different places around um, the known world at the time that they were often met with opposition. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so to people who are not believers and followers of Christ or to people who their heart is not soft to the gospel, they will often respond in a way that isn't exactly receptive. And so that shouldn't surprise us. If that happens, it really honestly should not surprise us. And we should be okay with that level of rejection because the truth is that person is not rejecting us. They're rejecting the God of the universe. And so we can be okay with that because it's ultimately him they're going to answer to. But I also want to point out how even Jesus, you know, the greatest evangelist of all time, Jesus was even rejected. And so he was rejected by his own people in Nazareth, where he was from. In Mark chapter 6, verse 4, Jesus actually says, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and his own household. 
And so when in Nazareth, when going to the synagogue to proclaim who he is, he was met with an extreme level of skepticism and people saying, we don't want you to teach this. And and Jesus essentially says, wow, okay, well then never mind. And he picks up what he was doing and he went to other villages to go preach there. And so I don't want you to get too discouraged by the fact that some people respond negatively. This happens to everyone uh, because not all people are going to be receptive to the truth of who God is. And like Jesus did, rather than doubling down over and over saying, no, you guys need to listen, there was a point where Jesus recognized that he wasn't accepted in his hometown. And so he picked up what he was doing and went on to another village. So similarly, I think there is a point as believers where we have to come to grips with the fact that the conversation we're having isn't moving forward, isn't leading to anything. Another example of this in scripture is of Pharaoh in Exodus. So in Exodus, uh, God sends Moses to, to proclaim to Pharaoh that he needs to let God's people go. And Pharaoh says no, and he hardens his heart. And this happens multiple times until the eighth plague. And in Exodus 10, at the eighth plague, Pharaoh had already hardened his heart multiple times. And then in in Exodus 10, God then says he has hardened Pharaoh's heart. And so we see over and over and over, God is doing things through Moses to make Pharaoh's eyes open to the truth. And yet Pharaoh continues to harden his heart. And then at some point, God then says, fine, and then hardens Pharaoh's heart all the way so that his plan could be executed fully through Moses. And so um, I, I, I state this to stay, say that there are times when we are seeking to reach people with the truth of the gospel. We're seeking to be just a, a light of Christ in our workplace or in our life, and people are not receptive to that. And I, I think it's okay to push back to have uncomfortable conversations. We do it respectfully. You know, if someone says, hey, I don't like this, it's good to push back on that a little bit. Uh, But once we realize that the ground of that person's heart is not soft ground for the seed of the gospel to take root, then ultimately we should move on because really, truthfully, we are not the one that saves them. That's up to God. And God can use our respectful encounters where we choose to move on after we realize the conversation is not moving forward, God can still use those encounters to soften the heart, even the hardest hearts, to the gospel being proclaimed to them in the future. So how do we do all this? Um, It's not easy. It's not easy to know when we should uh, let up in a conversation and move on, but I, I would just encourage you to do that prayerfully and in reliance on the Holy Spirit. Like I said, it's not our job to win everyone over to Christ. Our job is to be obedient to what God calls us to do. And and that's what we're called to. Now, I, I do want to kind of go over a simple tactic that I would probably use for that person. If someone came up to me and I was in your shoes and they said, hey, I'm not okay with this. You don't shove, shove your beliefs down my throat then I think a simple tactic to maybe soften uh, that conversation in their heart in that conversation is simply seeking to understand their viewpoint. Just to ask them what makes them state that. Why? Okay, why do you feel that way? 
Or do you feel like I'm doing that? Please explain to me why you think I'm doing that. And just give them the floor. Let them explain why they feel the way they feel. Usually, when we show our interest in hearing someone, then they're more willing to hear us. And so if we just let them have the floor for a moment and explain what it is they think, what it is they believe, how they think we should go about sharing our faith. If, if we just let them explain that, then oftentimes they will let us give a response. Also, another reason why it's good to ask this question is because we might realize in asking them to clarify, we might realize that they're misunderstanding something that we're doing or something that we've said. They might be misunderstanding the whole situation. And so by asking them to clarify their thoughts, it gives us an opportunity to clarify what's going on and maybe address a misunderstanding. Now, the last thing I want to bring up is something that I see a lot in our society today. And it it ties in with this. Today, people have this viewpoint. It's a really weird viewpoint. It's It stems from our our modern conception of separation of church and state. People have taken this idea of separation of church and state, which is actually never stated in the Constitution, but um, they take this idea of separation of church and state, and they almost make it as if people should not have publicly held religious beliefs. It's the weirdest thing. So even in a private business in a private person's life, your beliefs should be hidden and kept completely private. In other words, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to know what you believe. Don't tell me anything. Your beliefs need to be private. Don't bring it out in the open. Don't have it anywhere near me. And so this viewpoint, what oftentimes people will do is they hold that belief and then they'll say things like, don't shove your beliefs down my throat. But by nature of their view and by nature of them stating, don't shove your beliefs down my throat, they are shoving their beliefs down your throat because their belief is that you shouldn't share your faith. But your belief is that you should share your faith. So whose belief wins? They're telling you that you shouldn't share your faith but they're ultimately being hypocritical because they're sharing their belief that you shouldn't share your faith. And so (laughs) this happens all the time and people, for whatever reason, fail to realize that it's a hypocritical statement, a hypocritical argument, that they're defying their own request of you by sharing their view. Um, So I would just say, if this happens, a great response, if you realize this is happening, I should say, A great response is to simply ask them why it's okay for them to share their views, but it's not okay for you to share yours. Asking that question lets them, once again, have the floor and explain themselves. Lots of times when you ask that question, they'll either recognize that's what they're doing and they'll say, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I was doing that. That often doesn't happen. Most often they'll say, "Ah, I'm not trying to do that. Get out of my face and I don't want to hear this anymore. And so... Nonetheless, I think um, bringing forward that, that hypocrisy is oftentimes fruitful, whether we realize it or not. doesn't mean the conversation is going to go all that well, but um, it can be fruitful ultimately because it will bring to light the hypocrisy 
that they are spout, uh, spouting their beliefs while they're telling you that you can't spout yours. Well, Sonia, I, I pray that God gives you clarity on how to tackle these situations when they arise, but I just want to encourage you and all of the listeners that do not let up from being a gospel light in your workplace. The American workplace is oftentimes one of the darkest places in our society because for some reason the church has been scared into hiding in the workplace. And it's oftentimes the workplace. It's oftentimes the people we encounter at work, our clients, the people we work alongside. Um, All those people are the people that need to hear the gospel the most because many of them don't have friends and relatives and people who know who Christ is. And if we don't share the gospel with them, if we don't shine the light of Christ, then how will they know who Jesus is? So continue to shine your light and thank you for doing so. Thank you for that question, Sonia. I'll be back next week um, to answer more questions that you guys have for the podcast. Once again, if you have a question you want me to answer here on the podcast, go to fbctc.com and ask your question there. We've had several questions roll in, and I'm looking forward to getting to some of those questions in the weeks to come. Thank you, and God bless.